Survey after survey indicates that 90 plus percent of people in America say that they believe in God. That's pretty incredible if you think about it. 90 plus percent of people think that uh, there is a God. In an assembly such as this this morning, obviously it's far higher than that. I would guess 100% of us believe that there's a God. If you don't, we're glad you're here. We're not, we're not saying that. If you're not a believer, we're glad you've come. We hope you'll continue to study with us and consider the evidence for the existence of God. But the very fact that so many people believe there is a God is incredible. Yet, there's another statistic. And that is that only about 40% of those who say they believe there is a God worship on Sunday. So less than half of the people who say they believe there is a God take the time or bother or go to the effort to worship God on a given Sunday. Now think about that for a minute. And it probably proves lots of things. There are probably a number of conclusions we could draw from statistics like that. But one conclusion I think is pretty obvious And that is that apparently most people believe that faith is enough. That all you have to do is believe. That faith only is sufficient. Of course, there are many many people in the religious world who actually teach salvation by faith only. All you have to do is believe. But what's evident from the statistic is there must be a lot more people who actually practice it. Some teach it, many practice it thinking that all you have to do is believe in God. Just believe. Faith is enough. This morning we're going to study that concept. Our lesson is going to be based upon the text that Joel read for us earlier from James chapter 2. You may want to open your Bibles there because we'll be looking thoroughly at a very familiar text in James chapter 2. And we want to find out what does that chapter, what does James 2 say about the idea of faith-only salvation? Before we get further into our study, we'll take just a moment to say thank you for being present today. We are glad for everyone, appreciate their diligence in coming. We have a beautiful Lord's Day, and we also have a great blessing in being able to be together to worship God, uh, to to, uh, offer Him our praise and devotion, which is the primary purpose for our assembly this morning. But also, we draw great strength and encouragement from one another, and so we appreciate you for being here to encourage us. Thanks for coming. For any and all who may be visiting with us, thanks for being here. We hope you'll come back every time you have a chance to come. Let's talk about faith-only salvation and look at it specifically from a familiar text in James chapter 2. What does James 2 say about faith-only? Well, the first thing that it says is that it does not profit. Now, we might not use that kind of an expression. We would say something like, it's not helpful. Uh, There's no benefit to it. It doesn't do any good. It's It's not beneficial. It's not helpful. I'm reminded of a story. Alan, you may appreciate this. You've probably heard this story before. Uh, Some Boy Scouts were required at their regular meeting to give uh, an example of some good deed that they had done recently. And so four of the Scouts reported that they had helped an elderly lady across the street. And the scoutmaster said, well, that's that's nice to help a woman across the street, but did it take four of you to do it? And they said, yeah, it took four of us because she didn't want to (laughs) go. Well, that's not helpful. That's not beneficial. That doesn't do any good, right? Faith only doesn't do any good either. In James chapter 2, we'll be looking at this text over and over again, so keep your Bibles open there. 
In James chapter 2, beginning verse 14, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he have faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Notice, he says there's no profit. What does it profit? If a man says he has faith and doesn't have any works, what's the benefit of that? Actually, he's suggesting that this is just empty symbolism. There's no substance to it. You say you believe, but you don't do anything about it? That doesn't even make sense. He illustrates it, I think, in, in, in a very clear way that we can easily understand. By talking about someone, there's a, there's a person who doesn't have clothes or food, and, and someone says to them, well, I want you to, to be warmed, and I want your belly to be full. But you don't give them any clothes, you don't give them any food. That's meaningless, right? You say that and don't do anything. What's the benefit? And that's the point that he's making about faith. Faith without works, faith only, is of no profit. Jesus addressed this quite clearly in Matthew chapter 7. And I want to read that passage to you, though I know you remember it well. In Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 21. Jesus said, Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Jesus said it's not enough to call him Lord. You've got to do something about it. There's no profit to just having faith if you don't act upon your faith. These points, I think, are quite clear. Furthermore, our text in James chapter 2 that we're considering this morning says that faith only does not save. That's a very plain statement. I, I, in fact, we could probably just stop here and say that's enough. If it's not profitable and it doesn't save, what more do we need to know? In the same verses that we were looking at earlier, there is this question. Can faith faith without works, which he just described in the previous sentence. Can that kind of faith save him? This, of course, is what we refer to as a rhetorical question. A question, the answer to which is so obvious that you don't even have to give the answer, right? A rhetorical question. Can that sort of faith save a person? Obviously, no. Now, are there any questions remaining about faith only? The kind of faith that doesn't produce works can't save you. You know, there are a lot of people, though, who teach that it can. There are plenty of people teaching faith-only salvation. Right here in our immediate community, you probably have been approached at times in the past by people passing out little Bible tracts describing salvation by faith only. Maybe you got one put on your windshield when you were at a shopping center, or someone's come by your door and, and uh, handing out a, a Bible tract teaching salvation by faith only. Of course, you don't have to look very far on the TV or listen to much on the radio before you'll find some preacher proclaiming the doctrine of salvation by faith only. But at this point, let me ask you, what do you think? Well, I think James is right about it, and I think they're wrong, don't you? When in this very plain passage, he teaches, can faith, faith without works, can that save you? And he says, definitely no. Faith without works is also dead. Faith only is dead. This is another strong word to describe the futility of trying to approach God 
by just believing in him and doing nothing else about it. Three times in James chapter 2, he says that faith only is dead. Notice James 2 verse 17, so faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. Verse 20, wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Verse 26, so as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Um, can I ask you a, a real simple question here? How could the Holy Spirit have put this in terms that would have made it any clearer that faith without works is dead? It, can, can you imagine a way? Could it be stated in plainer terms? And if you can come up with the terms, I'd like to hear what they are. This is just too easy to understand, isn't it? Faith without works is dead. We have an expression sometimes that someone gets on something and they continue to harp on something even though it's obviously not working. We talk about beating a dead horse. You've heard that expression plenty of times. Well, this is a dead horse. This idea of being justified by faith only is a dead horse. People need to get off that dead horse and quit beating it because it doesn't work, right? The passage is just very clear. James 2 says that faith actually cannot be shown or proven without works. We might use the illustration here of a husband toward his wife. What would you think of a husband who is continually reporting to his wife, I love you, I love you. He says it a lot. He, he won't start a day without professing his love for his wife and seldom does he end a day without having repeated several times throughout the day, I love you, I love you very much. But he never does anything to prove that love. He won't get out and get a job. He won't earn a living. He won't bring home the very basic necessities for the wife and the children. Uh, he, never, he never does any kindnesses for her to help her out. He never gives any gifts. He never shows his affection in any way other than to say, I love you. What would a wife think about a husband like that who only says that but never does anything to prove it? Well, she would think that he probably doesn't mean it at all. Uh, especially in regards to the fact that if he won't get out and provide for the needs of her and the family, then his actions are actually disproving his words, aren't they? You, you can only prove something like that by what you do. You can say it, but the proof is in the doing of it, right? And the same thing is true here in regards to faith. Many people are quite vocal to profess their faith in God. And they even talk about how much they love the Lord and so forth. And yet they never do anything. And in James chapter 2 at verse 18, it says, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by thy work, by my works, rather. James here is basically putting a challenge before anyone who says that you, faith alone is enough. The challenge is, I'd like to see you prove that. You say you have faith, I'd like you to show me your faith without any works to prove it. I'll prove my faith by my works, he says. And of course, James has the much easier side of that challenge, doesn't he? You can prove faith by works. Someone says, you say you believe in God? Uh, prove it to me. Well, you talk about the way you live your life and the, the things that you're trying to accomplish. Not, we're not saying here that anybody is bragging or trying to meritoriously earn salvation. We understand that's not possible. But the fact of the matter is, that a true Christian, you'll be able to know that by virtue of what you see in their life. It's not just a verbal claim. 
It's demonstrated by the things that they do. The point of it is, clearly, that there's no effective way to really prove that you believe in God unless you're doing something with that faith, unless that faith is active, producing obedience in your life. So what does James 2 say about faith only? We're beginning to get to the idea, very simply, that James 2 saying it doesn't work. It's not profitable. It doesn't save. It's dead. It can't be proven. Faith without works can't be proven. He goes on to say uh, that it is no more than what the demons have. I think this is a quite interesting statement. In James 2 at verse 19, it says, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well, the devils also believe and tremble. I believe that this is sort of sarcasm here when he says, you say that you believe in God, you do well. That, that's sort of a sarcastic statement. It's sort of, we might say, oh, you say you believe in God, big deal. The demons also say they believe in God. They really do believe in God. This is sort of a, uh, an insight to things in the realm of spirits that we don't see clearly at this present time, obviously. But here's a little insight to it. Even the demons know there is a God. They don't deny that. Uh, they believe it. But obviously, don't, don't miss this point, obviously just saying that, that they believe in God, or in their case, really believing in God, doesn't save them. It does not save them. So why would we think it would save us? Demons are not saved. They believe, but that belief does not save them. Sometimes when we're in discussion with people, when we're trying to convince them of their need to, to do something, to, to, to be involved in religion, to pursue spiritual interest, they will say something like, and, and this is intended to dismiss us or, or sort of push us away, they will say, well, I believe in God. Uh, our response to that could quite, I mean, I, I doubt that we'd want to be this blunt, but when they say, well, I believe in God, we could say something as plain as, so what? So do the demons. Now, if, if you think that believing in God will save you, and that's all, just all you do is just believe in God. If you think that's enough to save you, then I suppose we can also expect to see the demons in heaven because they have that too. If faith only will save, and if it will save you, then it probably will also save the demons. Faith only is nothing more than what the demons have. James 2 says that faith by itself did not justify Abraham. Abraham, of course, in the Old Testament, is one of the greatest heroes of the faith. Uh, we all admire Abraham. We've studied his life many times, and he was a great person uh, and set many wonderful examples. But faith by itself did not justify Abraham. Uh, what do you think, if you were to sort of set in a balance scale or compare your faith to Abraham's, how do you think you'd, you'd uh, measure up? Well, Abraham had great faith, right? His was extraordinary. It's not likely that any of our faith could be compared favorably to Abraham's faith, but even in the case of Abraham, faith only didn't justify him. If it didn't justify him, surely faith only won't justify us either, right? Look at how his faith had to be connected with works of obedience. James 2 Verse 21, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? 
Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? This is a referencing an historic event that is recorded for us in Genesis chapter 22. You remember that Abraham uh, and his wife Sarah were without a child, even in their old age. But uh, they were promised that Sarah would, would uh, get, have a child, and that promise was kept, and Isaac was the result. So Isaac is, is Abraham's only son by his wife Sarah, uh, of course a cherished child of his old age. But at a certain junction, God said, I want you to take Isaac and I want you to take him up on the mountain and offer him as a sacrifice. What did Abraham do? You know, you've got to imagine what a challenge this was to him. Here's his son, his only son by Sarah, the son he loved so much, the son of his old age, Isaac. And yet God said, take this son and offer him as a sacrifice. And Abraham never hesitated. I'm impressed in the text there when you read it that he got up early in the morning to head for the mountain to do what God had said. He didn't procrastinate. He didn't drag his feet. He was willing to do what God said to do. Now, we, we remember the end of the story was that he was stopped at the last moment. He had the knife raised, and he was ready to kill his son to offer as a burnt sacrifice, uh, but he was stopped. But what he demonstrated in all that he did leading up to that point in time was that he really believed God, that he had faith, and he was willing to do whatever God said. Faith wrought, was wrought with his works. Abraham was not justified by faith only. If it wouldn't justify him, what if Abraham had said, I believe you, God, but I'm not going up on the mountain. I believe you, God, but he just stayed in his tent. He never got ready and he never went to do what God said to do. What would you think of the faith of Abraham? You'd think there's something missing there, right? He says he believes, but he doesn't do what he's told to do. Well, how are we any different than that? Faith only did not justify Abraham. James chapter 2 says that faith only is imperfect. In James 2 there, again, where we were reading about Abraham, notice this last expression. By works was faith made perfect. Uh, now, think about that for a minute. Do you understand the use of the word perfect here? By works was faith made perfect. The use of this word, and this is fairly common in the New Testament, the word perfect means complete or finished or full. And so by works was his faith made complete. With, and so the implication is that without works of obedience, faith is incomplete. Faith is necessary. We should stress this in our lesson that nobody is denying the absolute necessity of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews 11, verse 6. So nobody is downplaying the importance of faith, but faith is incomplete when it stands alone. It's made complete, it's finished, when it's coupled with works of obedience. You've got to have all things put together, and faith must be coupled with works. Have you ever got something in a box, and on the outside of the box it says, some assembly required? Typically those are tremendous understatements. What it should say is, Major construction is necessary, you know. Uh, but so you get you get this, and it's spread out all over the floor there at the house, little parts and pieces everywhere. And, and you're working on it, and you're almost done, and you find out that one of the critical parts is missing. What a frustrating thing! It's not complete. I don't have everything I need here. Is the way you feel about that? And that's the way it is with faith without works. It's incomplete. It's not enough. You can't. Fin it doesn't finish the job. 
If all you have is faith, it is incomplete. And so, uh, we see clearly, James 2 puts it in such plain, understandable. It's, it's hard to imagine how anybody could misunderstand these plain statements in James 2. Finally, James 2 says justification is not by faith only. And I really think that here is the clincher in James chapter 2, verse 24. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. I know that you've heard this a hundred times because I've probably said it to you a hundred times, but James 2.24 is the only place in the Scripture where the words faith and only are found together. Here's faith only. The Bible does talk about faith only, doesn't it? And what does it say? It says that we're not justified by faith only. Uh, again, uh, I don't know how we could miss that plain statement. So, in quick summary, what about faith only? What's James 2 say? Well, it's not profitable. It doesn't save. It's a dead thing. It can't, faith without works can't be proven. It's no more, faith only is no more than the demons has. It does, it didn't justify Abraham and certainly won't us. It is imperfect or incomplete and we're not justified by faith only. Again, so plain, so clear, so easily understood. Now, how do people deal with that? How do the people who teach faith only, how do they deal with that text in James chapter 2? Well, they have to pretty much just ignore it, right? They just have to ignore the, the very clear conclusions of James 2. You've often heard of the reformer Martin Luther. You know what Martin Luther said? Martin Luther believed in salvation by faith only. Uh, when he was posed with James chapter 2, and it had such clear statements about the fact that you can't be saved by faith only, but he believed in faith only salvation. You know what Martin Luther had to say? Martin Luther is quoted as having said, James is a right strawy epistle. You know what he meant by that? He meant the rest of the scriptures like silver and gold, precious things. But James is just like straw. It, in other words, he's saying James doesn't deserve to be equated with the other passages of scripture. James doesn't deserve its place with other inspired writings. Why? Because it so clearly contradicted what he wanted to believe about justification by faith only. That's about all you can do with James 2, isn't it? It's just say, either it doesn't belong there or I don't believe it. I'm not going to honor it. Because you can't misunderstand what it says. James 2 belongs in our Bibles. It is inspired word of God. It very plainly teaches us that salvation is not by faith only. What's your situation this morning? Do you believe in God? I said at the outset that my guess is that everybody here this morning believes in God. That's good. That's a good thing. But have you acted upon that faith? Has that faith caused you to do the things necessary to obey Him, to be subject to His will, uh, to complete your faith with works of obedience? If you're not a Christian this morning, we hope you'll make that decision. Upon your faith, we beg you to repent of your sins, confess your faith in Jesus, and be baptized for the remission of sins. If we can help you, let us know. If you're a Christian already, but you've fallen away, please come back in repentance, confession, and prayer. Let us know how we can help while we stand and sing this song.